Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 157 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz and I am back. I'm very pleased to be back with you. Apologies, I have been uh, missing for a couple of weeks. Of course, I was away in Europe with uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines experiencing Norwegian fever, which we will talk about more in a future episode. And then, unfortunately, I did get very, very sick um, on return to Australia. Just one of those bugs that's going around. Not me for six, but I am back. And uh, we've got a cracking episode lined up for you. It's back to its usual format. Chris will be joining me in uh, just a moment to uh, answer a listener question and share in, uh, the latest cruise news. And, of course, we'll share his uh, latest uh, YouTube video as well. A couple of uh, things. First of all, thank you to Chris for holding the fort. Um, and his guest that uh, helped over the past couple of weeks. Uh, thank you to you for continuing to listen, like, subscribe, recommend, whatever you're doing. We are just maintaining our position in the charts really, really well. So uh, really do appreciate uh, anything that you might be doing to help spread the word of the uh, the Big Cruise podcast. Now, don't forget, if you do have a listener question, uh, you can send it in via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. Click on Join the Show in the top right-hand corner, and that's how you can get in touch with us, and that's how many of you are already doing so. Um, whether it's a listener question, if you've recently been on a cruise and you want to share your experience, it's really easy for us to set up a, uh, a short cruise review segment, so uh, look forward to hearing from many of you. Uh, we've got a few people in uh, in the pipeline that'll be uh, sharing their experience over the next couple of episodes. But let's get this show on the road. Let's uh, get rid of those lines, cast those lines, and uh, start talking all things cruise. Enjoy the show. And it has been a few weeks, but it's always good to be back. Uh, always good to welcome back our good frame and maritime historian who has been holding the fort for us, Chris. Hello again. Hello. It's so nice to uh, finally be back into our usual routine, Baz. <laughs> I know. It's been unexpectedly longer than uh, than we I thought. Uh, but, Shem, are you uh, feeling uh, better? Yes, I am. Yes, yeah, you no, sound a lot better. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, it was uh, didn't feel too crash up more than a week or so ago, but uh, yeah, no, I'm okay now. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Yes. And uh, once again, thank you for holding the fort. We had a few tech issues whilst I was in Europe, so you uh, sprung into action and uh, 
did a, a sale solo for us. So again, thanks. That's really appreciate good. it. Mate. No, no problems. It's definitely not the same with um, just just me. But uh, I think <laughs> I think we managed to hold things together until you returned. <laughs> now we've had a few emails uh, whilst we've been away, Chris. First of all, I received an email from the Australian uh, Podcast Awards to tell us that we uh, were long listed in the listeners' choice category. So well done! How exciting! That is really cool. It and is. That one, it re- is. that one relies on people to. Um, go on to the website and vote for the podcast to get it um, potentially to to win the award. Doesn't the it? Shortlist, yeah, yeah, that's right. So we do need a favour. Uh, it'll take less than thirty seconds for anybody to do it. They just need to go uh, to the Australian Podcast Awards dot com forward slash voting, um, or just Google it. You'll it'll pop up straight away. Um, in the top right hand corner, there's listeners' choice. Just click on that. All you mm. need to do is type in the Big Cruise Podcast. It finds us. It pops up straight away. Pop in your name and most importantly, an email address. Um, don't worry, you won't be spammed. But what happens is you press enter, it will send you a verification email just to check that you're a human. Yep. And once you click on that email, it accepts your uh, your nomination and then basically yep. puts us in with a chance of uh, hopefully winning or at least being uh, shortlisted. That's of course to stop um, the you know people from from voting for themselves a thousand times and winning the award. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a couple of little things uh, that I've that I've noticed um, from when I've, I've been sharing this with a few people today, um, they've said definitely remember to put the Big Cruise Podcast because that's what it's it's listed uh, as if you want to get yep. it to come up in that um, yep. drop, drop down box. Um, and the, the web address is australianpodcastawards.com slash voting. So no, no the in front of um, the website address. Perfect. Um, and you don't have to be in Australia either. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can vote. And uh, again, oh, yes. we would really appreciate your help. And please, if you if you like the podcast and you know other people in the cruise industry, or even if you've just got friends and family that you think might want to um, give, us a, give us a vote as well, we'd really appreciate it because, um, you know, little podcasts like this, um, just, just Barry and myself really uh, chatting yep. away to you, if, if it can get some um, national recognition, that would really, really help us in terms of um, growing the podcast and bringing you some more exciting content. Exactly. Um, we also had another question, Chris. Uh, David, who uh, actually sent us in some cracking photos of Celebrity Apex, uh, which was visiting Scotland recently. We'll put those uh, photos in the show notes. But he mm. also uh, has mentioned that he's going to be trying Celebrity for the first time, Chris. And he does know that we have touched on the history of Celebrity previously, but he asked if we could just do a quick uh, quick revision, a quick summary uh, once again. So uh, I'll leave that one to you, mate. Absolutely. So I think um, if I'm if I'm correct, when David sent in the images to you, it was having seen the celebrity Apex. I think it was yeah. in Scotland, and she's of course one of the latest celebrity ships. But the company itself has had quite a long um, heritage, and particularly a pretty detailed history within the growth of the cruise industry. Um, it was founded um, back in the late 1980s as actually an an offshoot of the Chandras Group, which was mm-hmm. a, um, a passenger shipping line. It was based in Greece. And they used to operate line voyages with uh, with converted ocean liners, basically. Um, most of their ships in, in Chandras were uh, older liners that were built for the long-duration line voyages, but they saw an opportunity to, to utilize them, firstly, running services um, for immigration to particularly places like Australia, um, where things like the assisted passage scheme was still creating demand for travel by ship. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, one of the interesting things about that is the assisted passage scheme in Australia, the subsidy for 
booking your passage on a passenger ship was actually meant that you paid a lot less than if you were to even try and utilize some of those subsidies for flying, uh, particularly in the early days. So uh, uh, Chandras saw this as an opportunity, but eventually, of course, with the 747 and um, the DC-10 and other big wide-body aircraft, the economics um, of flying became so much more affordable. And in fact, you could still get ass- assistance to come to Australia um, uh, through the Australian government for various reasons, but people stopped taking um, taking ships and started to do it by air a lot more throughout the 1970s, 1980s. So um, Chandra sort of pivoted and created this offshoot um, for for cruising, and it was still branded as um, as Chandra's originally, uh, mm-hmm. and then ultimately they rebranded their um, their fleet um, of cruise ships under the celebrity name. Now. What's interesting is that Chandra's uh, brand mark, the logo that they were on all their old ocean liners, was actually a big X on the funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a Greek a Greek letter that had significance, and so with their um, with their, uh, their their origins being from Greece, so the Greek letter Chi, which of course um, links to Chandra's. Um, they they had that as their very iconic symbol, and that was carried across to celebrity because it was literally just a cruising offshoot of of Chandra's originally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even to this day, Baz, if you look at the pictures that David sent us of um, of Celebrity Apex, it's got the giant big X on its funnel, and of mm. course that is the most visible link back to its original origins. So Celebrity um, Cruises they started cruising with a, a converted uh, passenger ship, um, the Meridian, uh, and then they they actually then had the funding to build two new cruise ships. And this was the construction of the Horizon and the Zenith, which were um, very popular cruise ships throughout the late 19, rather the early 1990s um, and into um, the 2000s, these two ships. They were, you know, relatively small by today's standards, but um, were purpose-built for cruising, very, very much that quintessential cruise ship um, appearance. In fact, we'll try and find a, an, an image of, it, of one of the ships on the commons and stick it into the show notes sure. because, you know, if you think about quintessential cruise ship, these ones are basically what they look like um, mm-hmm. um, before everything got very, very advanced and the ships got so big. Now, this um, brand itself, it was, um, it, it was you know, growing in prominence. Um, they, they ordered... The next generation of ships, which was this um, Century class ships, um, which of course includes the, the Century and then of course the Galaxy and the Mercury, and they had that that class was sort of named after um, you know, celestial bodies, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, this is about 1996 when they start com- commencing um, that that expansion, and then Royal Caribbean took some interest in in the line, um, and in 1997, um, Royal Caribbean actually purchased. Um, the celebrity cruisers offshoot from Chandra's um, and uh, they were able then to sort of bring it into the, um, the Royal Caribbean group as part of mm-hmm. their um, expansion. So this was um, a great opportunity for, for um, celebrity because it meant that they were able to um, have access to the much bigger cruise lines finances, of course, and uh, economies of scale. So they could then, um, commence uh, sort of building on another fleet of ships, which was the Millennium class of ships. Mm-hmm. And um, this included Millennium, um, Infinity, Summit, and Constellation. So um, those ships actually, you probably recall, um, they were first delivered in 
the old celebrity livery of the white hull with the big thick blue stripe and mm-hmm. then for a period of time they actually wore blue hulls with all this yellow sort of detailing on them made yep. them really stand out and in fact the the celebrity funnel was changed slightly with a big sort of red top on the top of it it's quite interesting but that didn't didn't last so long and then they they reverted back to a more sort of traditional um appearance so then baz of course this meant that the the company um was able to grow it became sort of a, a stronger presence in the market and started to focus on that more upmarket sort of and originally sort of like a mass market but for the upper end yeah. of the market um, and that meant that they were able to then um, grow again with the construction of the Solstice class. Um, this all sort of started from the mid 2000s, so around about 2008 was when they got um, their first Sol- Solstice class ship. Um, and with this, they again were able to introduce a whole suite of new amenities, which actually pushed the brand a little bit more into the upper tier of. Um, uh, you know, of the cruising industry, it wasn't it wasn't really seen as mass market anymore. It's much more of a of a luxury offering on the Solstice class ships. Um, yeah, their tagline was modern luxury for a while, wasn't it? Yes, it was. You're right. Yeah, and I mean, with the with the cruise positioning and stuff, with your experience in travel travel agencies, you can probably talk about it uh, better than I can. But you know, it it was really a sort of push to differentiate this brand from the other larger cruise line brands that are running big ships, and that's one of the things that I think celebrity really stands out for and what's really interesting is then when they committed to their new um next series of ships which is became the edge class that Mm -hmm. whole concept of a of a large ship that's designed with the top end of the market in mind really came came together with the edge class and i'm actually going to be doing my first ever um, edge class uh, experience in um, later this year, and everyone who I'm spoken to tells me it's going to really, really blow my mind. You know, the ships are very, very well put together. Awesome. The offering's excellent. Have you been on? No, I've been on Solstice, but yep. not on the edge class. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that to see how it kind of all, all pulls together. And and today the fleet is quite extensive. So they've got um, Celebrity Millennium, Millennium, Infinity, Summit, Constellation. Then they've got from the Solstice class, there's Solstice, Equinox, Eclipse, Silhouette, and Reflection. And then in the Edge class, there's Edge, Apex, and Beyond, which of course is their newest one. And then they've got an Expedition fleet as well. So there's um, Flora. Oh, yeah, the Galapagos, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Flora, um, Exploration, and Expedition. And interestingly, those three ships are actually flagged in Ecuador, which is a bit a bit different compared to the rest of the fleet, which seems to be mainly flagged in Malta. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a, a bit of it in a nutshell for, for, for listeners who are interested. But um, I suppose if there's any more, uh, any more that you can add in relation to the market positioning, that might be quite interesting too. Yeah, they're certainly in the... the- Upper premium um, space, definitely, mm-hmm. um, and their their pricing tends to be structured around um, giving us the option of having that everything included model. Now that has just changed slightly in North America. I know they've just removed gratuities from the all included again, um, but certainly down here in Australia, um, it's promoted as having your your beverages, your dining packages, and your gratuities all included mm. in the cruise fare up front. So. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it does uh, lend itself very, very nicely to that premium experience. And uh, the, the certainly the rooftop garden and terraces um, on the Edge Clash will certainly look uh, awesome. I can't wait for you to experience that, mate. 
Yeah, it's um, definitely something I'm very, very excited about. And uh, to have the ship of that calibre coming to our, our waters as well, like if you think back, you know, even just 10 years, there was very few cruise lines that were sending their premium top-end products to, to Australia. How much things have changed now where we're getting so many um, of the of the class leaders, I suppose, coming to the Asia-Pacific region um, and, and just being lapped up by the local market. It's, it's fantastic. Now, Chris, uh, we've also had a couple of messages um, from from listeners singing your praises. Uh, so thanks to them. The first one came in from Oliver. Um, Hi, Chris. I am such a big fan of the channel. I was wondering if you'll be on the Pacific Encounter in October. Love the videos. Oh, oh, that's nice. Uh, thank you, Oliver. Um, well, I mean, I love being on the P&O ships. Unfortunately, at the moment, I don't have any um, any other bookings to do any any talks on board. But um, look, if that changes, we'll definitely let you all know through the podcast. That'd be great. Um, it's it's always a pleasure to to share the the P&O story, particularly given it's got such a long uh, link in with with Australia and the um, the Australian sort of transportation story. So uh, passengers mm. generally really do enjoy hearing a bit about what's happened in um, in the local area. Exactly. And a second one here as well, Chris. So this one came in from Charles. Hi, Chris. Your lectures on Pacific Export in February were amazing. Um, it made the trip so much more memorable. Thank you. When will you be back? Well, I think you just uh, answered that one. But. <laughs> two P&O messages in one week. That's, well, I suppose we've been off the um, off the emails for a while, haven't we? But um, no, yeah. thanks so much, Charles. That's really, really nice. And uh, again, um, that that trip, I think, might have been the one going across the, the Tasman. So we had um, oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of people from Australia and New Zealand on board, and a lot of people didn't realise that P&O today is the same ships that family members had come across from Europe on in previous generations. Yeah. So uh, I do recall after the lectures on that particular trip having some people come up and say, my parents immigrated on uh, the Strathaird or I didn't realize that the Fairstar was part of the same company that we're on now. And it does bring like a level of, I suppose, depth to the experience for some people to think I'm traveling with the same brand of ships that my family traveled on and that means something to me. So that's that's pretty cool. It's always always makes my day. Yeah, no, excellence. Um, well, hopefully we uh, we can see some uh, some new bookings in the diary for you, mate. Uh, not just on Piano, but on a few other lines, because there's uh, quite a few cruise lines now that like to offer the enrichment. So, uh, oh yes, we'll always looking for, for ways to um to to expand my my speaking uh, uh, venues, I suppose. <laughs> not just yeah. uh, not just limited to one or two brands. I'd I'd love to be able to tell the story on um, many different cruise brands. Sounds like a plan. Now, mate, let's take a very short break and then we'll be back with the latest cruise news from around the world. Sounds great. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. So first up, Chris, we've had one day, two exciting milestones, and we're talking all things Explorer Journeys. We are. So yes, they are, there's a double ceremony happening um, in Geneva, in Italy, where they will be um, ex- excited, I suppose, for the moment that Explorer 2 Um, has touched the water for the first time. And at the same time as that's happening, Explorer 3's first steel was cut. So definitely things Mm. are moving at quite a fast pace um, at Explorer Journeys. Certainly are. Of course, it is the the luxury offshoots of MSC and Explorer 2 will embark on an amazing journey in the summer of 2024, Mm. spending her first season in the Med. And then Explorer 3 will end service in the summer of 2026 and will run on liquefied natural gas. That's the first one of the the Explorer fleet, Um, the cleanest marine fuel available um, at large scale. Mm. So well done to Explorer. Explorer 1's in service now, I believe. Yes, um, yes. 
hearing great things. You know, the ship looks amazing. It looks like a proper cruise ship. You know, it's got mm. such a nice design to it that it really photographs I've seen from um, from its uh, its maiden trips. And you see it against other cruise ships. It just has this sort of really nice appearance to it. It looks great. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Um, having a friend who was on uh, just last week, actually, I'm just waiting for her to get back and then I'll get some feedback from her as well. So oh, great. I'll try and weave her into the show at some point. Perfect. Um, we've got a few updates here now from Virgin. There's been quite a lot of news um, uh, with Virgin this week. First of all, they have secured some uh, additional funding um, and they've uh, been a few little tweaks and changes along the way. But the first one is that they've actually decided to delay the launch of Brilliant Lady, which will be the fourth ladyship, um, basically because of supply chain issues and, more importantly, a lack of available crew. And I think this is really still continuing to impact quite a lot of mm. cruise lines as we mm-hmm. see you know, bigger and bigger ships coming out. We obviously need more and more crew. And where do we find all of these amazing workers from? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there's a few things that they've noted here with construction um, unexpected construction issues, supply chain issues, and of course, as you say, staffing issues. But with this, of course, it means that there will be an impact to their, um, their passengers or their sailors, as they call them, um, mm-hmm. uh, with who have been booked on these voyages. I think the most like noticeable one, I suppose, is that the Mermaiden voyage of Brilliant Lady um, has been has been cancelled. But then, of course, the the voyages after that have also had a knock on effect. Um, mm-hmm. So there's the a number of the, their trips, uh, the Sunsets and Antilles, the uh, Southeastern Caribbean, Trans-Atlantic um, Puerto Rico, um, to Portugal trips being um, being cancelled, Western Caribbean, Eastern Caribbean, Adriatic and Greek Islands. So there's a few there and I think you'll pop them in the show notes so people can check. Yeah, and if you have got a booking um, that's impacted, then of course your first mate or your travel agent will be in touch uh, to offer you either an alternative or what the, the cancellation options are. Um, <clears throat> in the same week, though, they have announced that there's a whole heap of new itineraries uh, becoming available in 24 and 25. Uh, they're going to actually be going on sale as of Monday. Now, I have received mm. a sneak peek in the inbox this morning, um, but when I tried to download the files, they were a little bit... Um, there was some corrupt. I couldn't actually get the actual day by day to see who sure. was where, but I have tried to summarise what we what we can see. Okay, so first of all, a resilient lady, um, which is uh, our ladyship for one for better word down here in Australia. She's mm. going to return from Australia, head up into the the Med first of all. But she's not going to do the whole season in the Greek Isles. She's actually going to then reposition around and be homeported out of Portsmouth in the UK mm-hmm. for a series of short cruises. Um, and then she will then come back down to Australia um, at the end of that season for our second Australian-New Zealand season, or South Pacific sure. season as they're referring to it. And I do believe she's coming via Fremantle, mate. Oh, that's exciting. Mm. I, I haven't really heard an awful lot about her Australian... Um, season. I don't know if I'm just somehow missing it, but it doesn't seem like the the excitement has yet started to really ramp up here. It's ramped up on the east coast. I think has we're uh, we're outside of the bubble here in, in WA. Okay, fair enough. There you <laughs> go. They're doing some major press um, and TV campaigns and things over on the east coast, but it is uh, mostly centered. Um, I am penciled in. I haven't received the confirmation yet, so until I get that, then I'll I'll uh, but oh, I'll nice. put it in my own personal diary for uh, <laughs> as a, yeah. 
Well, be really um, exciting to see what these ships are like, you know, firsthand because they look quite innovative and interesting when you see the uh, the photos and videos of them. And then Valiant Lady and Scarlet Lady are going to do a bit of a, a dance. They're going to swap over. Um, of course, one was based in Barcelona. She's going to replace. She's going to move back over to the Caribbean, and um, Scarlet Lady will then head over to the Med because she's going to go into dry dock for a little while. Um, and then, of course, we've got the delay on the Brilliant Lady. But when she does come out, she. Um, we will see her itineraries available um, from Monday, I believe. So uh, exciting. quite there a bit of change happening there with Virgin, but yeah. uh, most of it good news and uh, certainly good news down here for us. But there's a lot more information in the show notes if anybody wants to, to yeah. get their head around it in a bit more detail. That was when I sent out the messages about changes to itineraries, the first thing my, my mind went to is, is Australia still being, <laughs> is it being impacted? <laughs> so fortunately for us down here, um, Resilient is still is still making her yeah. way to our part of the world. Cause Absolutely. Uh, you know, I say it hasn't really ramped up much in in outside of the East Coast, but uh, I know everyone in the travel industry is very excited about this ship. Oh, definitely, yeah, she's uh, she's going to be great. As is some of the other new ships that are coming down. Of course, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the variety of ships uh, as we get further into the news. Yeah. Uh, but we also also had some news from Carnival this week that says that Carnival Legend is going to be home ported from San Francisco in 2025. Yes, yeah, so they'll be alternating. 10-day Alaska cruises, and then four-day four cruises to Mexico. So um, a bit of a change. Um, she's also going to sell two um, Journeys cruises, as they're branding them, which are 14-day Panama Canal yep. transits um, from Tampa to San Francisco. Uh, so that will be um, you know, a very unique experience to go through the Panama Canal on one of the large carnival ships. Absolutely. Of course, Carnival Legends got all the usual features that people love. We've got Guy's Burger Joint, through to the Blue Iguana Cantina, the Red Frog and Alchemy Bars. Mm. Of course, we've got the Waterworks, Aquapark, the Punchline of the Comedy Club, and so much more. Um, and don't forget, we've got about 630 balconies on there. I love the thought that you can do an Alaska with the Baja Mexico. It makes a nice little 14-day back-to-back cruise, which I think mm. will actually prove quite popular mm. with Australians. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Next week, we're talking all things luxury. We're heading over into the space of Silver Sea, and they've announced that the pre-sale season is open with 206 new voyages for the summer. This is the northern summer of 2025. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many different, I mean, we're going to have to um, give yourself a, take a, make a cup of coffee, go to the show notes. <laughs> you can read it all very, um, in very much detail because there's so many different opportunities here. But they've got Grand Mediterranean trips. They've got North Atlantic and Northern Europe cruises. There is um, an offering that's been boosted in the Mediterranean. 84 voyages across their six ships, uh, Baz. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I really like the thought of those two new Grand Voyages. We've got the, the Mediterranean and the North Atlantic. Mm. The Grand Mediterranean um, is on Silver Spirit, um, departing Venice on the 18th of September and arriving back yeah. into Lisbon on the 11th of November. 54 days and some cracking itineraries in there. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, the other one that really um, got my attention is Silver Origin is heading to the Galapagos. There's 26 voyages. Um, wow. offering that particular one and then if you're interested in something that's a little bit more sort of adventurous i suppose there's silver endeavors first northwest uh west passage crossing um and uh there's a number of voyages 14 of them to the arctic and greenland as well yeah yeah so many beautiful itineraries but yeah pop over into the show notes if you want to see a little bit more because there's a lot of information there provided by uh, by silver sea 
And you know what? Um, for those of us who live in this part of the world, there um, are some highlights here too because there's six voyages to the re- remote Kimberley region um, aboard the Silver Cloud. So, um, oh, I forgot that they were coming to the Kimberley, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the only and best ways to see some parts of the Kimberley is by ship. Um, well, I mean, you can definitely do it if you – a very adventurous by land, but this is definitely the way to do it in the style. So um, we're, you know, we're excited to see them coming to our part of the world as well. Mm, definitely. Now, last in the cruise news space, but it is a bumper part of the news, is, of course, this week was Clear 360, which is a big cruise convention that happens uh, over on the east coast of Australia. And Clear have been talking of what a bumper season we're in for a little later this year as the ships yeah. return. Uh, we're going to see 70 cruise ships over the 23-24 season, um, which is uh, well over the 60 or so that we had last year. Uh, actually, that's, that's, 60, that's 60 um, or so was actually the 2019-2020 season, if it, had, oh, wow. if, it hadn't, if it had not been interrupted. So yeah. that really I – mean, a lot of people ask all the time, Baz, has it actually gone back to where it was pre-COVID? Well, clearly the Australian commitment for 23-24 um, is yeah. – um, is actually greater um, than than what we we had uh, planned, I suppose, in that mm. year that COVID hit. Yeah, not just more ships. We've got more days in ports. We've got uh, uh, 1,848 port days in Australia over this next season, which is 18% more than 1920. So as you say, it's, it's a massive increase once again. And we're going to see uh, 27 clear member cruise lines visiting over our summer. Um and, of course, not every cruise line is clear, but the majority are. So, uh, first of all, we've got, we're have we going to just blitz through some of these. But um, we've got Azamara. We've got Azamara Journey returning back down. She'll be arriving uh, in the first port of call in Geraldton here in mm. WA in December. And then head across the south and over into the east coast before heading over to New Zealand. So, yeah. uh, do like a good Azamara ship. Uh, Carnival good. is returning, of course, with mm-hmm. uh, Carnival Luminosa. And Carnival Splendor, which is, uh, of course, home-ported in Australia year-round. Luminosa is on her way back from Alaska. Yep. Um, I think we're less than 50 days from her uh, return as well. Yeah, um, so then there's Celebrity as well, which we were talking about um, before. <laughs> yeah, there's Celebrity yeah. Edge coming, so I'm, I'm very much um, looking forward to that. And she's she's making her debut in the region on the 9th of December. So um, we will be able to bring you some exciting onboard um, f- uh, coverage from when when that ship is in our in our region. Mm, absolutely. Now, Coral Expeditions is a local Australian uh, small ship expedition operator. This year, they'll be celebrating their fortieth year of operation, and of course, uh, their ships not only visit uh, the Kimberley, but they do venture up into Asia mm. and uh, off to Tasmania, South Australia, and uh, further afield as well. Yeah, and then of course, the newly revitalised Crystal Cruises. How exciting! Mm. Um, be returning to Australia and New Zealand in December. So this is just one of the most wonderful um, turnaround stories because it's a brand that so many people love so dearly and it was, um, you know, very, very badly hurt during the pandemic with its parent company and all that. But now it is revitalized. The ships have just been given a refit, I believe, um, mm-hmm. and are back in, back in service. So um, yeah. congratulations to everybody involved in that because that doesn't happen very often that a, that a company can fall over and then be, be saved um, like that. So it's, it's really exciting. 
Yeah, and the investment they've done in the ships and the hardware, not just from a soft furnishings point of view, but from a mechanical and engineering point of view, has been quite considerable. And they've they've uh, encountered quite a few hurdles along the way and had to source additional machinery and things, but they did it, and both ships are now back and, and operational, so well Wonderful. done. Yeah, so good. Of course, a brand for you, mate, Cunard, what's happening with them? Well, they're, they've got... Um a number of different uh, things going on. I mean, they've got Queen Mary 2 and Queen Victoria will both be coming through um, this region on their world cruises. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, of course, is having its dedicated season back in Australia again. Uh, they've got the great Australian culinary voyage on board the ships. There's also a sporting greats um, voyage, which um, focuses very much on on, on sport with uh, Brett Lee and Adam Goods and a few other no, well-known local sports heroes on board. Um, and they've also got a series of sailings to New Zealand as well. Um, but also, not only that, both um, Victoria and Mary will be spending some time in, in, the, in the Asian Pacific region as well. So going across from uh, on the Pacific Island cruises, getting to Australia throughout New Zealand, of course, as I mentioned, and then up in, in um, Hong Kong, Singapore, um, and um, very much looking forward to being back on board because I've got lecture gigs on all three ships, which is really exciting. Is there an official rendezvous in Sydney by any chance? Oh, that's a good question. You've stumped me. I, I don't know. but um, I haven't seen anything promoted, so I'm guessing I don't think so but... because I think I would have probably picked up on it, but I'll, I'll double-check and we'll um, if it, there is, we'll bring it next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, another new cruise line to the Australian market is, of course, Disney. We're going to see Disney Magic at Sea return uh, here. They're going to be arriving in October through to February of 2024 with Disney Wonder offering uh, cruises of uh, two to six nights out of Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Auckland. Yeah. And, of course, they have also announced that they're returning for the 24-25 the season as well. And then there's Heritage Expeditions, which is one we don't talk about all that often. Um, but they've got sailings um, with their flagship, Heritage Adventurer, um, New Zealand, to the Subantarctic Islands. Basically, they're heading down to Antarctica and cruising along the Ross Sea and then also spending some time on the Australian Kimberley Coast. Mm. Holland America is of course back once again uh, the dam ship of choice this time will be the Nordam uh, <laughs> offering cruises from New Zealand and also out to the South Pacific and of course we do have uh, the circumnavigation which is very very popular with Holland America and for the first time we're going to see the pub choir I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago um, part of the entertainment on board one of the first sailings there is uh, this new pub choir concept and then we're going to be back with Norwegian now Norwegian Spirit it says Spirit here, but I thought Spirit had been yeah. replaced. No, no, by- so I, I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure Spirit is going to spend a bit of time in the Asia-Pacific region, and then she's got a charter that takes her out for, for quite a while. And I think she's been replaced with Sun. Unless they've reverted back to their original plans, which I hadn't heard anything about, mm. I thought Norwegian Sun was the one that was coming to Australia. Yeah, me too, me too. But the, we'll, the we'll notes here from, from, from Clear, I think, say Norwegian Spirit. So we might need to double-check that one. Okay, we'll do that. Um, and then on to Oceania. Of course, we're going to see Insignia, Regatta, and Nautica all uh, touch Australian ports at some point over the, yeah. the summer season. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. P&O Cruises Australia, of course. Um, we've spent a lot of time over the last um, several weeks sort of familiarizing our international audience with P&O Cruises Australia. And uh, thank you, of course, again to Luke from last week to um, step mm. in and do that review with me because we were trying to trying to fill the podcast up when Barry was off. So it was great that he was available for that. But their fleet of ships, they're based here year-round. Um, they're also going to venture as far away as New Zealand as well. So you'll have uh, departures from Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Fremantle, and Auckland. 
Excellent. Uh, friends at the French cruise line Pernant have got two ships in our local waters, the La Perouse and Le Soleil, uh, both operating in the Kimberley. They've been up there since April of this year. Mm. Um, and we've also got uh, the, the flagship, Le Pernant, is doing her first and last season in the Kimberley as we speak. And those uh, uh, first ships, Le Perouse and Le Soleil, will uh, then head up into uh, to Asia, Micronesia. How exciting. And then Princess Cruises, Royal Princess, which I'm also delighted to say that I'll be sampling for the very first time in in November. Um, She is actually making her way down to our part of the world and will be spending time with us uh, from October throughout the the summer season. She is, of course, the first and the the, um, class leader of the royal class of ships. She was um, christened by um, Catherine... uh, now Princess of Wales, I think, is her title now, but mm-hmm. she was um, a Duchess, Duchess of Cambridge, I think, when she did that, um, and so has that kind of royal connection um, to the to the royal family as well as many of the other ships we've spoken about. But um, she's a she's a large ship. She's got what looks like a very exciting um, interior, and um, very much looking forward to spending some time with Princess um, on board her later this year. And of course, that's just one of the Princess ships that's down here. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, because they've the also got coral, place. and they sorry. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was gonna. I was gonna say they've got Coral and Grand Princess. I think are the other two that are here. Yes, yes, and, uh, and majestic, majestic. I think Majestic as well. Yeah, yeah. So four yeah. princess ships, Baz. That's amazing. Next, we're talking uh, Regent Seven Seas, uh, another brand, luxury brand that does love uh, calling into to Australia. Mm. Um, eight is the Seven Seas Explorer that's going to be visiting this time. Beautiful. Yep. They always um, lovely to see the 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 upmarket ships coming into our into our region as well. Um, there's so much variety and such a diverse uh, style of cruising that's available now. And again, we, we often talk about how things have changed. And if you just look back a couple of decades, I know it's, it's, it's quite a while, but to the turn of the uh, 21st century, there was so much less choice in, in the Southern Hemisphere particularly. Uh, but now all mm-hmm. the cruise lines are bringing so many different ships to Southern Hemisphere ports, be it in Australia or New Zealand or across in um, South Africa it's, uh, and South America. It's, it's fantastic to see. But back in our region, Royal Caribbean is also going to be um, having a, a big summer here. Um, there's the Ovation of the Seas and the Quantum of the Seas, both from the same class of ships there that will be coming to Australian ports. They'll be sailing from Brisbane and Sydney. Um, and they're also going to be bringing the brilliance of the seas for its first Australian um, season, and she'll be based out of uh, out of Sydney as well. And she is proving so so popular. She is so well sold. It's not funny. Uh, it's incredible to think that the the older smaller ship for Royal is actually uh, one of the more popular ones that's uh, down here for this oh, season. Yeah. No, no. And it's funny to think that she's considered to be the, one of the smaller ships because when she first <laughs> debuted, she was quite quite large. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, a strong Australian uh, brand in the touring and cruise space is, of course, Scenic. For the first time, they're going to be bringing Scenic Eclipse 2 to Australia mm-hmm. and to the South Pacific. She's going to do a little bit of the Kimberley and then, again, head across the South Pacific as well. So she's a nice game-changing ship that will be also visiting our shores. Yeah, and then there's uh, Seabourn, which is bringing the Seabourn Odyssey to um, both New Zealand and Australia. I believe the Seabourn Odyssey will be her last visit here as a Seabourn ship because she's the one that's been sold, if I'm not mistaken. And um, got some very dear friends who are are very, very uh, fond of Seabourn, and I know they're going to be spending some time on board Seabourn Odyssey for some some special events when um, the ship is here. So maybe once um, they've had their cruise, we can get them on to do a cruise review. 
Sounds good. Um, Silver Sea will be bringing three ships uh, to our market this summer, mate. We've got Sil- Silver Muse, Silver Shadow, and Silver Whisper, wow. which will be uh, in our shores from December through to uh, to March, which is incredible. And then, of course, Virgin Voyages, which we touched on already today, but they'll be back, or not back, rather, they'll be making their debut here um, with Resilient Lady. And then uh, one of my little favourites, Windstar. Mm. We forget that they often come to Australia. Um, Star Breeze, which is one of the the motor sailing, sorry, one of the motor yachts, not the sailing yachts, yeah. will be uh, returning to Australia waters once again. She's going to be offering cruises in December and January yeah. out of Melbourne and Sydney, from memory. Oh, you, you surely you must be tempted to book. Yeah, I'm very tempted. Windstar in our local waters. <laughs> um, I just don't know when I'm going to get the time. I've got. This, I know uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Believe. I actually remember um, back when the podcast was quite new. I did a. I turned the tables on you, and I did the the questions for you about your favorite oh, yeah, yeah. cruise, and Windstar was the one you chose as your. Um, <laughs> as your as your cruise line of, of choice <laughs> <laughs> and another australian brand that's also um, offering voyages in partnership with le penant apt um has uh, got some charters on board la laparus and jacques cartier mm. as part of the the kimberley exhibition for 2024 and uh, their sister brand travel marvel will also be taking some charters on board heritage adventure which is part yep. of uh, heritage expeditions um, but that's just a brief overview. We've yeah. also got other cruise lines that are coming down, including yeah, Aida, yeah. Costa, Fred Olsen, uh, Hapag Lloyd, Nico Cruises, and of course, P&O UK. Most yep. of those uh, cruise lines coming through as part of a world cruise or a grand cruise. Yes, and they're all, as you, as you say, this information was kindly provided to us by, by Clear after their um, 360 event. Um, just for any listeners who aren't aware of what Clear is, Baz, do you want to just let us know uh, what, the, what the whole purpose of it is? Sure. Um, so Clear is a global organization. Um, the the head office is actually in Miami, but there are global offices all over the world, uh, Sydney, um, the UK, and various European uh, places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they serve two purposes. One is to work alongside um, governments of the world um, to champion cruising, cruise infrastructure, environmental improvements, etc. Um, and then the other side is for travel agents, um, education, training. Um, so most good travel agents are a member of or become a member of CLEAR by undertaking, undertaking a number of uh, training courses, participating in ship inspections, um, shakedown cruises, et cetera. Um, yeah. And that allows you to get certain points and you become a, a tiered member. Yep. I think there's four tiers from memory, the highest being a cruise master. Um, but um, yeah, they, they do a, a good job representing the cruise lines to, to government and also allowing the cruise lines to to update and keep the, the industry um, well ahead of, of what's happening. Yeah, you know, one of the most visual ways that was done. I mean, a lot of people now in the in the where the dust is all settled are kind of looking at back at what happened over the last few years. And you will recall when the um, when the cruise lines first started pausing their operations, that was done um, as clear member cruise lines going into what was at the time a voluntary pause mm-hmm. before the governments even mandated it. So this is a yeah. sort of an industry body that has quite a lot of. Um, uh, sort of focus over the larger cruise industry and uh, sets sort of standards for cruise lines to adhere to. So when something like that, the global um, crisis was unfolding, clear and clear accredited cruise lines, they all um, acted before there was, um, you know, local um, government mm-hmm. 
requirements. And then when the government sort of um, uh, shut borders and that sort of thing, then they all work together to figure out how we could open things back up again. So a lot of work yeah. behind the scenes that you just don't think about when you're on board your ship as a, as a cruise passenger. Exactly. <laughs> now, mate, you uh, have no doubt got another video on the horizon. I did see it pop up in my feed this morning, but I haven't had a chance to watch it just yet. What's it all about? Well, there's a, there's a couple actually since you and I last spoke. The the one that's gone live this week is actually about what well, we've titled it Cunard's Cast Off, and it's about a, a <laughs> very a very loved Cunard ship um, that had a, a bit of a strange start to life. And in fact, um, if you know the Queen Victoria. Uh, you might be surprised to find that there's actually two Queen Victorias, and one of them is sailing out there right now under a different name. So mm. that is the uh, the video. It's actually recent maritime history. It happened in the last 20 years, um, but it's something that appears that most people have forgotten about because the video itself, I'm delighted to say, is doing quite well, and there's lots of interesting comments from you know people all around the world who travel on um, Cunard and other other brands that were involved in this story and had no idea that this, or had forgotten at least, that this had mm. actually happened. But you know, there's a couple of others that I'd I'd love it if our listeners could give a little bit of a boost because I think they're pretty good, but the algorithm for whatever reason is not giving them much love. Um, no. There's one all about the sewage systems on cruise ships, which is oh, yep. um, you know a really interesting topic and something again that you don't really want to think about too much as a cruise passenger, but it's fascinating to know how um, uh, you know. Uh, millions of of liters of water is dealt with from cruise ships, and there's of course those stories out there that people like to spread on the internet that they just dump all the sewage um, as raw sewage and into the sea. So if you've ever heard that and you want to know what actually happens, um, this is an interesting one that was uh, posted seven days ago. And then the other one, which is a bit of a morbid topic, but I think um, something that people might be interested in finding out a bit more about is what happens when somebody. Um, dies on board a cruise ship, and you hear these uh, these dramatized and and I guess ridiculous um, sort of commentary pieces that go out from from time to time that suggest that when someone passes away, they're stored in the um, you know the, the 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 ships don't have morgues, and you're stored in the in the ice cream freezers, and all these silly rumors <laughs> that I that I've just discovered. And of course, it's absolute um, nonsense. And if you want to know what really happens, um, we've done a, a deep dive on that one, and. Uh, um, is actually one that's been on the radar for quite some time because many years ago when I was le- guest lecturing on board a, um, a, a European-based uh, cruise line um, who, who birthed the, um, the guest speakers in the crew accommodation areas, mm-hmm. um, which is quite, you know, it's, it's unusual uh, for a guest, guest entertainer, but it's a you know, different experience. Yeah. Um, but um, our cabin was across the hall from the door that said mortuary. So I've often wondered what happens and what the protocols are and we we did a deep dive into that one brilliant love it um we'll put the link to those uh, videos uh, in the show notes there's always the link of course to chris's youtube channel but just to make it a little bit easier where you can find them that's uh, yeah in today's show notes as is all the uh, the extra information from from today's cruise news of course, um, I've just come back from Europe. I've just come back from Norwegian Viva. We haven't got time to, to talk about it today because we're uh, already at uh, 40 plus minutes. But uh, all being well next week, Chris, we might get you to uh, ask me the questions about my experience on Viva. Let's do that. Sounds I, like will, I will interview you for a change. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And we could do a, um, a, a brief uh, history overview of Norwegian Cruise Line to tie it in as a sort of Norwegian-centric episode next week. Okay, sounds like a plan. Let's do that. Exactly. Sounds good. All right, mate. Well, uh, great chat once again. Uh, We'll be back same time next week with that uh, new uh, Norwegian Viva episode. Sounds great. Take care, everyone. 
that's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.